GSE Lecturer Podcast. Brought to you by Game Studies and Engineering. So, welcome to the GSE Podcast. Uh, just a short introduction, GSE stands for Game Studies and Engineering and it's a master program of the University of Klagenfurt in Austria. In this podcast, we present thought and knowledge from the students, lecturers and guests at the university. Uh, they'll share their experiences and knowledge about the program, giving you an inside look. Yeah, don't miss out the opportunity to learn more from our podcast. And who's here today? Uh, Fahad, can you say a few words about yourself? Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, my name is Fahad. I'm a part of the Game Studies uh, Master's program here. I joined back in 2021. And I'm now just wrapping up my master's and my thesis. We'll be graduating soon. Great, that's awesome to have you here. And me, I'm Matthias. I'm hosting and moderating and like the janitor of GSE kind of <laughs> doing everything. So this is actually episode number two of this really, really successful venture. And uh, we only had one episode out and already eight people have heard it. So that's really great. Oh, awesome statistics. Uh, I mean, one maybe less because one would be me. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the results of an internship. And yeah, that's actually why Fahad is here. So where did you do your internship? Yeah, I'm more than happy to speak about it. Um, I started with this, uh, with this team called PlaySense back in October of 2022. And I joined as a Partnerships and Relationships Manager. It's essentially a role around business development and partnerships. Uh, and so most of my, um, most of my uh, responsibilities, they revolve around client acquisition, partnership management, getting new clients, attending conferences, making sure all the stakeholders were happy. Um, and making sure the projects that we had onboarded were uh, running successfully. PlaySense is, uh, is a relatively young and new and dynamic team. It's a team that was based out of Ukraine. Um, and the way that they sort of uh, uh, placed themselves in the industry is that they call themselves the Agency of Digital Creative Nomads. Um, and a lot of the work that they do is around uh, trailers, cinematics, cutscenes in video games. When I was working at the team, it was really, I was really proud to say that we worked on Lord of the Rings Gollum. But now the game having come out and it being received so poorly, it's, uh, I try to shy away from it. But yeah, we worked on Lord of the Rings Column, we worked on Grime, we worked on um, World of Tanks. Um, this also included, like, like I said, it's uh, mostly revolved around trailers. But some of the work we did on cutscenes, some of the uh, work we did around um, cinematics, that was really, really, really amazing. Speaking of digital creative nomads, that totally sounds like a 24-7 job. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's digital nomads where <clears throat> we didn't have a uh, work office, so to say. Everyone was working uh, from home. I think there were 26 or 27 different nationalities um, at the team. And the team was quite small. I think it was only close to 50 people, maybe. And yeah, we had 26, 27 different nationalities working. Everyone had to manage their own time. No set working hours, so you could be expected to be up way early in the morning, way late at the night. As long as your tasks and your deliverables were on point, everything was on point. Uh, and like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing opportunity working as a digital nomad. It's, it's something that came about very recently in the 21st century. And having someone who's, uh, who's benefited from it, it allowed me to travel so much, allowed me to, to meet people all around the world, to attend conferences. Um, yeah, I think it's, it was amazing. I actually know one digital nomad, but the name digital nomad was not there. <laughs> uh, learned to know him five years ago and he's actually a creative 
designer working from his van. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my dream, man. Uh, I hope uh, in a few years I can, I can make that my reality. Okay, <laughs> van life. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you already gave your job title. So uh, what, what, is, what was the responsibilities or the tasks there? Yeah, I can expand on it. So um, in, in, the, in the gaming space, or not in the gaming space in general, when we say business development or sales, that encompasses so, so, so much. Um, it's, it, it starts from lead generation to speaking with clients, doing sales, doing relationship management. Uh, and I can jump into each of these uh, uh, like specifically and talk more about them. But the role is essentially to be the ambassador for your team to external people, not part of your company. Um, it can, um, most of this revolved around getting new clients and new leads, uh, new people to sign with us, offering our services to them. Um, because this team was so young and new, uh, they didn't have a sales pipeline set up already. And me having worked uh, previously in, uh, in, in a video game studio earlier as at an external development studio, brought me on board to set up their sales pipeline. Um, one of the primary, one of the first things that I was working on was setting up a CRM, was working on setting up documentation, was working on uh, setting up the right copywriting skills for the team so that all the efforts were, instead of being scattered everywhere and here, everywhere, um, they were all conjoined to make sure, you know, there was all, they were, everyone was working along the same path. The role was, it's, it, it evolved as I continued more and more because when I joined, it was more about setting stuff up and later it became very much heavily inclined towards conferences. Because the more we sort of um, jumped into the industry and the more we spoke with people, we realized that the best way to represent PlaySense was at conferences. Um, if you do cold reach outs, it's, uh, everyone thinks you're a scam. Everyone thinks you're here to sell something and nobody wants, it's, it's, it's hard to have that conversation. But game conferences is where most of the networking happens. And in the video game industry, despite as big as it is, nobody is two handshakes away from anyone. So you want to have a nice network with everyone. I really like the idea what you presented, like uh, first setting up the framework for sales, for contact relation management, yep. and, and actually then going into it, because that is, I think, something planning ahead uh, for the contact that's very important. So how, how do you plan ahead for, for making contact with other people on conferences? So we can have an entire podcast episode just around that topic, but um, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, I think... One of the things that's really, really important is that before you go to a conference, um, depending on who you are, what team you're representing, uh, and so on, you need to set your goals. And everyone will have very different goals to the other person. Um, with my job here at PlaySense, I was working specifically to make more connections and more relationships and more uh, creating a network. And so my job or my task was to set up 20, 30 meetings uh, over the course uh, of the conference, and not just meetings with people uh, weren't relevant to PlaySense, but people who we could actually network with and uh, tomorrow work with, partner with. So the way that you do it is that you, and like I say, and I say this with everything, not just professionally, but personally and academically, everything, write everything down on a piece of paper. Um, if you have your goals written down, then you can start uh, breaking them down into smaller sub-goals, and then you can start writing down the tasks that you need to accomplish those sub-goals, and all of it then feels, uh, feeds into your main goal. So yeah, so set up your goals. Uh, one of the nice things that most conferences do nowadays um, is that once you buy the ticket and once you register, they have this online portal and this online portal has all the list of attendees um, and you can reach out to them uh, either on that um, platform itself or you can do it on LinkedIn or email or something. 
and you can let them know that, hey man, uh, I'm, I'll be at the conference from this time to this time, I would really love to meet you, this would be the agenda, this can be the place, we'll meet up for a coffee or for a lunch. And yeah, you have all these things set up before you get to the conference. Even the smallest of things, like where you're going to stay, your travel plans, what you're going to eat, everything is so, so, so important because it's just two days at a conference or three days at a conference. And uh, yeah, the, everything can be so chaotic. So you want to make sure everything is as planned and as, you know, structured as possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even, I mean, the, 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 the planning what you eat got me in that sense. <laughs> I mean, you have to have a Snickers bar or something like yeah, that yeah. if you get hangry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't work out. Yeah, but that sounds actually like you're a very well organized person, like uh, self-organization and time management totally works out. And uh, do you then uh, correlate the short-term goals with mid-term and long-term goals in a way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's, um, I think uh, that's, that's, that's sort of what sets you apart from most people um, is um, having the ability to break long-term goals down into short-term goals and shorter-term goals and shorter-term goals because like we, everyone is always hustling and bustling towards something if you can make sure that all your efforts are being streamlined into one place and you know it, you're achieving one small goal but that small goal is feeding into the next one and it's feeding into the next one then you feel that you're you're being very efficient in your work and i think efficiency is something that's really important that's something you um that you learn and you pick up uh, as you work with more people in the industry, but also like with a master's program, right? When you're studying for an exam, you only have, I don't know, a week to prepare. You don't want to be spending three days on YouTube essays uh, that's, that aren't helping. You want to work on your notes and you want to work on study lectures and you want to work on, you know, something else. And you want to make sure that everything is as efficient as possible uh, and that uh, everything feeds into uh, the next. And that is actually a very good advice. So I totally support that. <laughs> uh, we definitely have to spread it to the students, uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for your job, uh, which conferences had you on your, did you have on your schedule? Yeah, so um, there were two that I attended as part of, uh, as part of PlaySense. Uh, the first one was called Reboot Blue. Uh, it's this conference that is held in Dubrovnik, Croatia. It's actually a funny story because uh, <laughs> So my plan was to get a train to Vienna and then I had a flight from Vienna to Dubrovnik. What happened is that for some reason or the other, I actually missed my flight from Vienna. And so then I was, uh, I was at the airport and I was panicking. I was like, oh, how do I make it? So I had to, uh, at that very moment, I had to get a Flixbus from uh, Vienna to all the way to Dubrovnik. And I'm not sure like how familiar you are with Croatia, but essentially there's a big piece of land and then there's a small strip, a, a thin strip that goes all the way down the coast. And so I had to, I was in a bus that took me all the way to the south and it took me, I don't know, maybe 18, 20 hours. And I arrived uh, maybe three hours just after the conference started. So I rushed to my hotel and just got changed really quickly and I rushed to the venue. But, but uh, the, the conference was in Dubrovnik in Croatia. It was an amazing, amazing venue. It was beautiful. There were attendees from all over the world. I believe we had, don't, don't quote me on these numbers, I might be wrong, but I think there were 1,200 attendees uh, and there were people from, again, all over the world. The best uh, part about it was that when you entered the venue, um, it was very, like it was, uh, the venue floor was, um, was set up so that you could have, everyone had their own point of interest, essentially. Um, so when you entered, there was this big venue where indies uh, and individuals, uh, uh, studios, they were all, they had their games as demos, they were up live. 
So you could walk up to them and they'd be very, very excited to show you their game and you know, just love talking about their game. Um, and they were, they were essentially people who were looking for publishers to, to onboard with them or uh, just investors maybe or just anyone um, because again, they were so excited. Um, on the left, there were some stages where there were some speeches and talks. Um, these were usually from, um, from industry leaders and like some really big teams that were setting up um, educational stuff around the industry, how to get a job, what best to do in production, how best to network and so on. On the right, there was then some networking and like meeting people in a chill area and like a bar and a pool um, and a very big fancy uh, dinner place, which was amazing. And yeah, we, uh, I spent two, two days at the, at the conference itself uh, meeting people, doing all these things. But I realized, uh, because this was one of the first big conferences I attended, I actually realized that um, a lot of what goes on at these conferences is outside the conference venue. So what often happens is that you'll meet someone or you know a, a group of people, and you'll meet them and you'll speak with them, and it'll be nice, and they'll be like, hey man, um, the conference wraps up at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., let's all go to a club or a bar or like a restaurant down, down the road, we can all meet up. Uh, and this actually happened the very first day where there's, there's a place called The Old Town, which is where a lot of Game of Thrones was also shot. Uh, it was very fascinating to see, actually. You could see, like, I forget the name of the place, uh, Queen's Landing. And we all went there and it was all industry people just sitting together, having beers together and just chilling and talking. And it was really fun. It was really fun. But yeah, the, that was the first one. And the reason, like, uh, it was the first one for me that was such a nice, beautiful venue because, again, like, it's usually conferences are very work heavy. You know, everyone is stressing about work, running from meeting to meeting. But at Dubrovnik, everything felt a lot more chill. I'm not sure if it was the weather or it was the venue or the beach or what it was. But yeah, it was very chill. Um, yeah, the other one uh, was uh, PGC, uh, Pocket Gamer Connects uh, in Helsinki. Uh, Pocket Gamer Connects is actually um, sort of like a chain of uh, events. They have events all throughout the year at very uh, various different venues. Um, they have one in Jordan, one in London, one in Helsinki, one in North America as well. Uh, I think San Francisco maybe. Um, PGC was also good. PGC is very very work heavy, very professional. Uh, and that's where it was very much the case where I had like every 30 minutes I was meeting with someone and it was like, oh, meeting, wrap up the meeting five minutes ahead of time, rush off, meet the other person, wrap up that meeting, rush off to the other person. Uh, it was very hectic. Um, it's uh, It also is a, is a very good opportunity for people who are somewhat new to conference going because a lot of what PGC does is it, it uh, it has a lot of content around um, education, so it'll teach you guys, uh, teach uh, people and uh, attendees how best to attend conferences and what practices are best, and there'll be a lot of speeches. I was also uh, asked to speak at one of these conferences, um, but that was a, a remote conference, um, which I don't think was, was too fancy for me to shout out, but it was, uh, it's a very nice opportunity for you to for to attend as a speaker or as a listener or just as an attendee. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, maybe because of the uh, because of the venue not being as hip as the Dubrovnik one, <laughs> it was a lot more work heavy. Yeah, I, I totally get you with this different style of conferences. I know it from the academic ones. There are those that kind of feel chill mm. and those that feel like working 18 hours a day. And then actually trying to have a beer with the attendants, but everybody is kind of really, really, really down. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, what were the learnings for you personally? So much. Um, there was, um, I mean, working with any team uh, and as part of any discipline, there's so much that you get to learn. Um, and this team being so dynamic and so young, uh, I think uh, when there's, where there's chaos, there's opportunity. So with this team, a lot of things were very unstructured. And so I had to really uh, learn everything on the fly and then implement it on the fly and then make sure everything was up and running properly. Um, one of the biggest things that stood out um, and that, you know, one of the improvements I can see in myself before and after having done uh, work with PlaySense is that I am a lot more efficient in my communication now. It's very, it's very easy for you to, for, for me personally, I guess, to, to sort of go on tangents and start speaking about something. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, what was I talking about? What was the conversation we're having? Uh, but with work, um, with, with placements specifically, you had to be, you learned the skill to be very concise in what you had to say. If you have a meeting with, with certain stakeholders, they're only going to entertain you for so long um, and they don't want to, you know, talk about the weather or, or sports and football for too long, right? It's also the case in, in planning and structuring things as well, where if you are leading a team of three people uh, setting up a sales pipeline, everyone's time is just as valuable as yours is. And you want to make sure that everyone is working, uh, isn't spending time and effort on something that isn't giving them or the, 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 the team anything in return. And so it can be very demoralizing for them. So you want to make sure all of your processes, all of your speech, all of your text is as efficient as possible. That was one of the biggest learnings that I had. The other one was, I guess, that the fact that myself being very young as well, it's very nice to see that uh, we are very flexible and very adaptable. Um, and it's, it's a very big skill to have actually. The, and it, it's, it's something we don't realize in the moment. It's something we realize when we're much older and we, when we think back and we be like, oh, I used to be very flexible and adaptable. I'm not that way anymore. But if you think about these things in the moment here and now, uh, it allows you to be so much more, I don't know, creative and more liberal with, with everything that you're uh, trying. You, you don't, you're not scared of a lot of things. You're like, hey man, let's test it out. Let's, I don't know if it works or not. Let's, if, if I, don't, I won't test it, I won't know. So, so yeah, I was given the opportunity to, to, like given a free reign essentially to be like, hey man, test it out, see if it works, test that out, see if it works and make mistakes because mistakes are always good. Don't shy away from mistakes. Uh, there's this really famous uh, person whose name I keep forgetting, but <laughs> he used to say that uh, mistakes are good because uh, the moment you learn from a mistake, a mistake becomes a lesson. So live a life of lessons and not mistakes. So, so yeah, be adaptable, be flexible, try everything. Um, uh, those were some of the biggest, uh, that's, that's why I love working with Placen so, so much. I can support that again. I mean, I'm here basically <laughs> moderating and supporting you. It's the efficiency kind of you gain with age, but the flexibility goes away. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can definitely tell you that or support that actually. For your fellow students, do you have any practical advice? Um, yes, um, I think, uh, and this is, this is also, this was new to me as well. I was very surprised to learn. Um, uh, game jams. Game jams are very important. Game jams help in so much. Um, when I was uh, attending game jams as a game student, I was like, oh, I'll learn this engine or I'll learn this way of developing or this art pipeline or whatever. But no, it teaches you so much. And it's, it's, it's so hard to like, to put into words, but like game jams are so, so, so helpful. Um, it's uh, when you're, 
So I was working in business development sales, right? It's, it's not connected to development or art or production at all, really. But just the fact that I had these skills and I had participated in game jams and I had worked on tons of video games in the past, it, uh, the way that you have these conversations are very different with people. And these skills, they might seem like to not be super helpful in those particular circumstances, but they are. It's, it's in the foreground or it's in the background, but these, uh, these skills, they tend to come up one way or another and help you in whatever function you are in, as long as you're in the games industry, I think. Um, that and the fact that Video game, uh, the, the video game industry is run on networks and relationships. So if you're in the industry and if you plan to make a career here, it is very wise to be in touch with everyone around you. If you have, let's say, a few studios that you are interested in working with, reach out to them, tell them about yourself, uh, speak with them, uh, go visit their office. And even if you're early, if you're still studying and maybe you're a year or two years away from graduating and you don't have plans uh, about a career yet, it's still nice to speak with them because it'll set you on a path. If you have dreams of being, a, I don't know, an animator at a top studio, start speaking with people. Um, people are more than happy to be mentors. People are more than happy to help. There's so many guides and so many resources on the internet, LinkedIn, otherwise. Please, please, please don't be shy. Um, there's, there might be failure, but again, it's a, these failures are where we learn from. And it's, uh, there's so much opportunity to be had. I would very much push everyone to, to start putting themselves out a little bit more, start presenting, like compiling their portfolios and their CVs and their art stations. Uh, and just putting themselves out a little bit more, I think. Ah, that's actually good advice. More communication, getting out, being extroverted a little bit more. Yep. Your skills. That's that's a great advice. Uh, what are your next steps? <laughs> what are you going to do after finishing up the studies? Yeah. So um, I think I'm just uh, I'm just uh, wrapping up my master's thesis now, and after that, I should be. Um, I should be done. Um, as soon as I wrap all of this up, I plan to move onwards and upwards uh, in the industry. I've been working in business development and partnership management for about four or five years now. Uh, my plan is now to... So now I think I'm at that point where I want to work with a team that I work with for the next 10 years. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I would very much like to work with the team for the next five, 10 years, build like be stable, be work and learn and grow. And uh, after that, set something up for myself in the industry. I think video games are amazing. They've, um, in a way, it's, it's saved my life. So I would very much like to extend that opportunity to everyone else. Um, uh, and I would set something up in the games, uh, games industry. I'm currently working on a, in, in the blockchain space, which is... Uh, which is a little bit uh, tricky to talk about, but I think it's uh, it's a very exciting and very um, it's it's a very interesting space. And if done properly, I think the technology holds a lot of value. Um, it's been mired by all the all the scams and all the you know all the all the negative stuff that we've heard around blockchain and play to earn and all those things. But um, I'm trying to make it the case where we step away from and the industry sort of steps away from all of that and they focus on on only implementing blockchain on things where it makes sense and how it makes sense. If we can make it sustainable and if we can work on the technology and make it a lot more ethical and moral, I think it's an amazing step forward for the industry. And I liken it very much to 
like the internet, like when the internet was new, everyone was so scared and surprised. And I was like, oh, what this, you know, uh, doesn't make sense. So it could be this, it could be that. But now the world is run on the internet. I imagine something similar to happen with the blockchain where right now it's scary. Yes, but hopefully in a few years, it'll be a lot more accessible and it'll be a lot more ethical and much better uh, guide, uh, uh, much better guided, much better structured. And so, yeah, uh, I plan to set something up um, in this space. Fingers crossed. All the best for that. That, yeah. that just really sounds amazing. Thank you. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that with your structured approach, you have the very best chances to actually achieve what you want. So uh, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank uh, you so much for having me. That's very good to have people talking about their experiences. I, I really learn a lot and I hope that many people like the seven People who listen to the first episode plus seven more, that would be doubling it. That would be already great. Yeah, for the readers, if you want to give feedback, you can use Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts to rate and give feedback. Or you can contact us on gse at aau.at. If you're interested in the master program where we have these extremely successful people like Fahad, <laughs> check out our webpage at aau.at. A link is in the podcast description. So that be it for today. I hope you had some fun, some insights. Any final words, Fahad? Be more extroverted, be more out there, and best of luck to everyone listening. Thank you very much. Bye. GSE Lecturer Podcast. Brought to you by Game Studies and Engineering. <laughs>